0: if you're given an hour to find a solution, I would spend 55 minutes thinking about the problem and the last five minutes finding the solution because it's not the solutions that get that get us there, it's really digging into what is the problem.
1: Hey CEOs, welcome back to the CEO Wingwoman Show. I'm your host, Christy Bowie, and today we're here with a really exciting episode to help you start the new year by planning what you want out of your business. I know that the new year is really a time of making resolutions and planning what you are going to do through the next year. So I have brought the perfect guest today to help us do that and to really strategically plan out our next year. So I'm here with Shane Benson. Shane is an online business manager and systems strategist to help you get back to being the visionary in your business. She empowers creatives to take time back through aligned and efficient systems, business organizations, and strategies to scale sustainably. She specializes in systems strategy and building consistent client experiences. She has also just recently added VIP days for planning sessions to help take your big, messy dreams into actionable and achievable steps. Shane, I am so excited you're here.
0: I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me.
1: Yes, of course. So first, I just want to get started talking about setting our goals and resolutions for the new year. In a way that's not just like, hey, I want to do these five things, but really honing in on the systems and strategies to get us there. So I would love to just kind of do an on-air planning strategy. Let's Let's talk about. Let's talk about my business. You can walk us through kind of what you would do with a client, and I will give our listeners real-life insight into my business as well. So let's just get started with a planning session. Let's do
0: this. What I love to do when it comes to planning is obviously we're talking about the new year. It's great to have a yearly goal and list of yearly goals of what you want to achieve in the next year of your business. But where we're really going to be seeing progress made is within each quarter because it's overwhelming and there's a lot that we want to accomplish every year, right? So breaking it down into quarters is going to be a way that we can make it seem more achievable, help you feel like you're actually making progress on those goals. So that's where my VIP day focuses. And so when it comes to quarterly planning, um, what we do is sit down and strategize for where you want to be going. So do you have any goals that you're looking to achieve in the next three months? Something that is going to push your
1: business closer to those year-long goals. So Let's see. For me, within the next three months, I would like to be onboarding probably two, three new clients a month, which onboarding has been a little bit of a longer process for me. So it's been hard for me to onboard multiple per month. Um, That's what I would like to get to doing. And then, I don't know, maybe I'm thinking too far in the future, but I want to get ready towards adding another teammate on my team. Those are really the goals for that I'm thinking about, especially in 2023.
0: Awesome. And those are huge goals that we do want to be planning towards. It's not something that we can just turn around tomorrow and say, well, I'm going to hire a new team member next week. It takes time and it takes planning to make sure that that happens smoothly and efficiently and isn't a huge just drain of your time and energy. Um, So let's maybe talk about your onboarding process first, since we're talking about taking on two to three new clients what type of process do you have in place already? I know that you said it takes a lot of time to onboard. So having two or three happen at once might be something that takes a lot of time.
1: And how can we condense that down? Yeah, so my current process for an onboarding client is, I think for me, it's unique for each client. Something that I've recently stopped doing is taking on like custom projects Mm -hmm. based on what people needed to do. And I know that was something that was like, making my processes not work because it was it was a different thing I needed to do for each client. So, um some of the things that I do right now in terms of onboarding clients are the first thing I will have an intro call with a client just to make sure we're the right fit. We'll have a conversation, I'll ask them, you know, what their goals are. And once we make sure we're aligned and that is a good option for them, I will send them a um Proposal basically outlining everything I do, awesome. making sure that we're on the same page about everything um, because that's something that you know I, I've been really wanting to make sure people understand. Yeah. And then I will give them access to my portal. So, this is kind of what takes a really long time is because I've been taking so many different clients at different stages doing different things. Awesome. I kind of have to go through their information and be like, okay, like what do I need from you? And every single time. I am doing, like, custom requests for, like, what my information requests should be. You're starting from scratch. Exactly. And so that is, I would say that's my biggest problem right now in my onboarding process.
0: Okay. So when we're talking about that part where you're starting from scratch, is there anything that you've seen across the board, regardless of industry that your clients work in, regardless of that, that you need from them or you need to give to them? To ensure that everything runs smoothly in the future.
1: Yeah. So I've tried to notice kind of things that people are consistently asking for. So I've made some handouts that are like, hey, when everybody asks me, is this a tax deduction? Or so I started making some handouts that's like, you know, a quick key to like, what is a tax deduction, oh, yeah. so that we don't have that back and forth all the time. Um, and I do, I have a really great software, which is, this is one of the best things I've done. The new software I've implemented that like I can create a template and like apply that to different clients. Um, I just haven't yet because there is no standard, I guess, of, of what clients mm-hmm. previously of what I was doing for them. And so I think I'm sure you're going to look at me and be like, yeah, Chrissy, cause you were not, you were doing custom offers. Like you were doing things. So I think I've, I've started to overcome some of that right now. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, just starting from scratch, every single client. So with all of that and custom offers, I think custom offers are really great,
0: but I also see the value in templatizing your offers. So Um, it really depends on how much you're able to give to each step in the process. So if it's something where you do want to continue with custom offers, that's totally doable. You just may have to be willing to give up more of that time in that section, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. But having something custom is great for client experience because it makes sure that your client gets exactly what they want and they need, um over giving them this structured template that is kind of a one size fits all. Um, but in terms of if you are shifting more towards a templatized offer suite, that's also really great for you because you're able to create those systems that you can just set right up and it goes faster and that boosts your client experience in another way because the client knows exactly what's going on and the steps that they're gonna be taking and so do you. So you're not sitting there in confusion of, what what do I do next? Um, So it's great client experience in different ways. It's just how you want to be running your business. And I think that's the big part where you get to decide.
1: So, okay, I feel good about, you know, what we've talked about for making sure that that can be more templatized, or if it's custom, mm-hmm. I still know you know, what, what I'm starting with. I'm starting with requesting this, and then I'm having a meeting, and then mm-hmm. all of that. So if I look forward and say, okay, that's what I want to do, Q1. Um, Q2, Q3, maybe I want to think about adding a team member to my team. What things should I be doing now and thinking about now to plan for that in the next few months. So the exact thing that we were talking about is making sure that you have a process in
0: place. So even if it is custom, knowing that there are certain steps that you take for every single onboarding and writing that down, making it into a tutorial video so that you can pass that along and onboard somebody else. Having a really streamlined process is a great way to onboard a team member because it's easy to hand off. It's not something that uniquely needs you and your special skills. It's something that you can say, hey, I have this piece of paper that walks you through steps 1 to 10, and that's how we get it done, and I'm handing this to you. Um, And so having systems set up in your business, same with like having a CRM where you manage your clients throughout, making sure that you always respond to emails in the same spot where your team member will have access to. So training yourself to work in a way – that is more conducive to teams um, is going to be a really huge step in having a successful onboarding of team members because think about it when we run our businesses all on our own. You're like, there's so much
1: that's in my brain and I'm like, it needs to
0: be on paper or in your paper (laughs) planner that your team member won't have access to. Mm -hmm. And so making sure that we are able to get things digitally so that we can share it with collaborators, share it with team members, making sure that we are working in a more team conducive way and that takes time to build up. Um, writing out all of your processes takes time. Figuring out what you want those processes to be before you write them takes time. Um, and figuring out the things that you are able to hand off to your team member. So maybe you're hiring on a team member to do something that you don't even do for yourself. So maybe, Maybe it's something like uh, branding, where it's like, I haven't done this for myself, but I'm going to hire somebody on to do it for me. That's different where they're not being integrated into your business. But if you're integrating someone into your business and passing off tasks that you're already doing, if you want to make sure it stays consistent with how you've been doing it, you need to give them a roadmap on how they can do it for you. Otherwise, they're just going to
1: feel like they're in the dark. So you've consistently talked about, you know, creating a a consistent offer I'm just going to use the word consistency time and time again and how that enhances the experience so why is it so important to have consistency and everything I mean obviously it's more efficient and it's easier but like from a client's perspective like why do I care that they're getting the same thing time and time again
0: from the client's side having a consistent client experience doesn't start when they book you it starts from the first time that they see you. And so that's what your client experiences is somebody's entire experience with your brand. And so having that consistency is huge because if you are showing up in your social media as somebody who is always on, always ready to answer questions, super communicative, communicative, whatever, um, and is really like always there for you. And then as soon as they book you, you ghost them for days, you don't respond to emails right away, that's creating a really inconsistent client experience because they feel like they haven't paid for what they expected from you. And so creating that consistency allows them to have a, again, consistent client experience across the board because they know what to expect going in. They know that what they've paid is worth what they've paid because you've proven it to them afterwards, proven it to them before they even booked and then when it comes to offboarding you're going to get a really great review because they know exactly
1: what they've gotten has been worth what they've spent that's really good to know and i think one of the things that we kind of forget about is like the the value of something or the way people perceive something is not like necessarily was this worth it in terms of the value i was delivered it's that gap between what i okay. expect and what I actually received. So if you are sometimes saying, "Oh, I am always available on my email" and sometimes being like, "No, I'm really good at setting boundaries." Mm-hmm. So should my clients be like, "What we don't know what to expect from you" and then going into this offer with not really understanding who we are and what we we yeah. give, I think that's setting ourselves up for failure. So that's really really good to be thinking about you know, as we're planning forward. What are some other things um, we need to be thinking about as we are planning for our calendar year?
0: Something that you said in the last sentence was boundaries. And that's something huge if you have noticed a shift in how you're allowing people to cross your boundaries, or maybe you're just seeing a need for more boundaries to be set, being really clear about those and setting that expectation from the start or even if you're midway through a project with someone saying, hey, I've had a few things change and being up front and saying, I'm setting this boundary. Um, I ask that you respect it because I respect you as a business owner and it goes two ways. So um, boundaries are something that we look at as well of making sure that you're feeling fully fulfilled and not like you're on the way to
1: burnout because you've allowed people to overstep. Yeah, I think that's really good, especially I, I think right now. There's been, at least in the past few months, this fear of like a looming recession, and what do we need to do as business owners to make sure everybody is pleased and sometimes over-delivering, not in a bad way. In a, I am doing this even though you didn't pay me to do this mm-hmm. way, and it is a paid offer that I yeah. offer. And so, you know, okay, we are going into 2023. How are we grabbing the reins back and saying? this is not who I am anymore. This is not what I'm allowing. And I don't need to allow that anymore to be a successful business owner. There's, there's definitely been a shift in people saying, I'm going to do whatever it takes. I'm Mm -hmm. just going to bite the bullet and give my clients whatever they want. So I really love that perspective of, you know, what has been going on in society lately and how we need to pull back as business owners. So Okay. Also looking at 2023, um, those are my big goals to onboard more, to start to add more team members. What if then you kind of mentioned outsourcing something that I don't really do myself, or maybe I'm just not the best at. um, So like my social media, it's like, sure, I I do it, but I, there's no plan or strategy. I I try. (laughs) (laughs) So if I'm starting to look at Saying offboarding things to people who are experts at these things, how should I be planning for them to come on? First off, what you
0: do for businesses is planning for your budget, getting an idea of how much you're able to spend on that service provider and knowing what you need to reach in order to make that happen. So like I said, you can't just decide tomorrow, oh, I'm going to hire on somebody and then be like, I'll figure out the money later. Um, so figuring out your budget, figuring out exactly what you do want to pass off and what are deal breakers and what aren't. So maybe you want somebody to do your social media, but maybe it's out of your budget to have them write your captions too. Maybe it's just designs that they're doing and strategy. Okay, great. Now you have to do caption writing. Does that mean that you are willing to outsource to a copywriter or is that something that you're going to take on yourself or are you going to hire somebody else to do that? Um, and so it's figuring those intricacies out and making sure that everything is accounted for um, moving forward so that we're not missing anything Um, I mean that's a big thing about running a business solo as you were saying earlier you have 15 things going on at once you have all these things in your brain and if we don't have it mapped out somewhere we're gonna forget things we're gonna miss things
1: and then when it comes to crunch time, when you need that thing, it's going to be like, oh crap, I don't have it. Yeah. So like when it's come to the end of 2022 and all these business owners are like, oh shoot, I had really big dreams. Mm -hmm. Like what happened to those?
0: Yeah. And definitely having a plan and a roadmap per se of how we're going to accomplish that helps us keep things accounted for. So that's something big that I do for all of my clients, whether they're online business management clients or VIP day clients is building out a project management system for them where they have a little task on there that says exactly every step that has to happen in order for this to be accomplished. And that is something where if you're really not feeling writing your captions this week, great, we can move it to next week, but if we're gonna overload ourselves next week, how can we reshift things to make it happen, make it all happen within the timeframe that we have planned? If that makes
1: sense. So thinking about you know project management something Mm -hmm. key that you continue to bring up can you really explain you know what that is and what the role of that in a business is?
0: Totally so
1: not even just if you have a team
0: but project management is huge just for running a business in general. Um, Like you said you have so many ideas in your head that if we don't get them down on paper they're going to disappear, right? How many ideas have you had that you're like, this is the best idea ever, and then because you didn't didn't write it (laughs) down, and because you didn't take actionable steps to make it happen, it doesn't happen, right? Because it's just an idea at that point. So building a project management system, um, one that I love to use is ClickUp. There's um, Asana, Notion. There's a ton of them out there. Those are my top three that I've used with clients. Um, But putting it down somewhere and mapping it out in ways that um, they have due dates because I am Oof, a business a owner. <laughs> yeah. I am someone who I am I'm very good at telling myself, oh no, I know it's due today, but we can do it tomorrow. But if there are other people waiting on you to do their part of that, it's important that you get things done on time so that we're respectful of everybody's time because that's we're running businesses here. Um, and so making sure that we have due dates on things, that we've got an idea of what's dependent on something else. So if you need for your social media, if you need the designs done first before you can start writing your captions, then we have to design first, right? You don't know what to write about if you don't have the design or maybe vice versa. I'm not a social media expert. But (laughs) when it comes to everything, having it in a plan of, we've got 12 steps, How? what order do they need to be in? How can we prioritize what comes first, what comes second? Um, because the more that we complete, it should lead up to that final completion of reaching this goal, right? Um, and so, maybe they're not always concrete goals where it's like, I'm gonna make 12 posts in the next 12 days. Like, that's a very clear, like, obviously we've checked off every single post, but, When it comes to something more abstract of like, I want to increase my awareness or my audience's awareness of my offers, how measurable is that? It really isn't, but we need to figure out certain ways that we can help you achieve that. So maybe it is posting three to five times a week on your social media. Maybe it is getting client referrals And making sure that your clients are talking about your offers to their clients. So making sure that the people that you work with or even people in your network are talking about you. It could be something as simple as asking a friend, hey, can you share my offer on your email marketing list? Hey, can you just share my post on your stories? Things like that really increase the visibility. And so it's really pinpointing what your specific goal
1: is and different ways that we can get you there and making sure that those happen. Okay, so when I say, you know, I want to onboard two to three new clients a month, it's it's every single step it takes to get there, right? So maybe one is building awareness and and finding those clients and finding those leads and Mm -hmm. warming them up to be ready to work with me. But then the next is my onboarding process. How does that work? So, you know, there's so much to think about when I say, hey, this is what I want to get done. It's not doing that one thing. It's not, I want to hire someone. Okay, hire them tomorrow. It's... You know, what, what do we have to build up for it to be worth it for them to hire? Because if I hired someone tomorrow and wasn't prepared for them to come, that that wouldn't really be a successful goal, right? And I also think that we have to think about as we're setting our goals, like, why is this my goal? Because if my goal is just to hire someone for the sake of it, like, sure, that's fine. <laughs> but if it's to hire someone to take things off my plate and also grow my business, That's really different. So I think a lot of times people are, okay, new year, we're going to, I'm going to have a, you know, seven figure business this year. I'm going to do whatever. But okay, not only how and what are the steps to get there, but why do you want to do that?
0: Exactly. Well, and when you're talking about taking on a team member, it's what's the trade-off value too? Because yeah, you can turn around and hire someone tomorrow, but that person might not be the best fit. So maybe two or three months down the road, you guys part ways. Or maybe you don't have things set up already and they have a really hard onboarding experience and it takes them two or three months to be able to even take anything off your plate. Which means time and money that you're giving away to help this person understand when really you could have just been prepping it for them for free and then hiring them on and spending that
1: money once you're ready. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. And, and also something I see clients go through, it's like there is a phase of the faster you ramp somebody up, the faster they are going to be good for your business and to keep you profitable. And so if we don't have things ready to go for them, we're eating money on a team member mm-hmm. that is not necessarily helping us or growing us. And that's another thing I think when we're setting our goals for the new year, a lot of it is like, oh, I want to make this much money. That's a really common one I hear, but it's like, does that matter if you're Mm -hmm. not taking that much home? Right. Like I I hate to be the accountant and be like, these are revenue goals, (laughs) but like really truly, you know, why, why does it matter if you are making this much money or adding these people when that's not giving you the end result you want? You know, it's something that, um, I, I previously talked about in an episode was like, achieving goals but then realizing it's like not really what you wanted Mm -hmm. (laughs) so keeping that totally in mind along the way so another thing that you have talked about you know we hit on it a little bit the client experience side so aside from consistency what are things that clients are really looking for us i would venture to guess you know i'm not you're not i don't think anybody who's listening competing on price we're not saying I'm going to outprice and be cheaper than anybody else. That's why you're working with me. And that's not what I want for any of the listeners right now. I don't want you to say, oh, I'm, I'm going to compete on price and I'm going to be the easy sell. What we're trying to do is provide almost a luxury service of like, I'm going to provide you the best experience and the best you know value for your money. It's going to be more money, but this is why it's worth it. So what things... As we go out our year, do we need to be thinking about for client experiences? Yeah. So having those systems set up where
0: it's easy for them to work with. So if you're sending them to five different websites to do things for your process, that's not a great client experience because that's five different websites that they have to go to or five different things that they now have to think about. You want to have everything all in one place as much as you can to make sure that it's a clear mode of communication. Um, So whether that is through a client portal or through email only. So think about it in this way of, if we're emailing people and texting people, how do they know which one to communicate with you? They don't because you're using both modes of communication. So making sure that we've got a streamlined and single form of communication where they know exactly
1: how to reach you and what to reach you for. And I can imagine that makes my life harder too. If I'm emailing and texting, I know right now, I I generally don't allow clients to text me. The occasional few have my number and ask about business things. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. ah, if I'm on my phone, I don't have a way to like mark it unread and then I will forget to do it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's a really, really great point because it's like, I know that I have a client portal and then I have an email that like, sometimes clients send to, most of the time they use the portal, but if it's like yeah. a new client, maybe they're emailing me. So my to-do list every single day is, okay, one, my client portal, two, my email. My phone and my texting is nowhere on that list. Exactly. So for me, that might be somewhere I drop the ball. And that looks bad on me to not have like, hey, sorry, I didn't answer your text. I, that's not in my yeah. channel of communications. And
0: also in terms of project tracking, like... If you have things spread out over so many different platforms, how are you going to remember where that one conversation that you had is about this one thing that they asked for additional that they needed? Or they said, oh, actually this happened, but now we have to filter through five different platforms to figure out what they actually said because we can't keep it all in our brains, right? Um, so definitely having that one streamlined form of communication, or at least where they're expected to be checking and where all of the things happen, right? But having clear boundaries is huge um, because they know exactly what times they can reach you from. So they know that you're not ignoring their
1: email. You're not ignoring, ignoring them.
0: Yeah. It's a, hey, I said that I was out of office on this date, or I don't respond to emails until 9am. If you send it to me at 5.01 p.m. and my office hours end at 5, sorry, you're not going to response until tomorrow, but that helps build respect as well because they know exactly what they can expect from you, and so you're not crossing your own boundaries and you're asking them not to as well um, because it creates that clearness and it's not something that they have to guess about, which causes a lot of anxiety for people if they're like, oh, well, they responded to my email last time when I sent it at 8 p.m. Why are they not responding this time? It's because you have those said and you're respecting
1: yourself and your own business. So if I broke my own boundaries, it's my own fault. It's it's my your clients <laughs> thought and, I would.
0: And it hurts you in the long run because it breaks that consistency, too, of, well, they always respond to me as soon as they can. Well, if as soon as I can is 9 a.m., then that's as soon as I can. You know, you're not compromising your own values and your own boundaries that says, I can't do that until then.
1: Yeah. And I think that's important to be thinking about in terms of, you know, I know both of us and probably any of the listeners, they want people who respect them and their boundaries and are also aligned in the way they think about business. Mm -hmm. For me, having a client who expected me to be available via phone call or text at any time is not aligned mm-hmm. to me mm-hmm. and maybe not a client that I am willing to work with. And, and that's okay. But knowing that if I do allow a client to email or text me or call me at any given time, you, you can email me at any time. I just want to answer. <laughs> um, but if you text or call me at any time, if I allow that, that's setting myself up for failure because I'm taking on these clients that just aren't aligned. Well, and maybe not even
0: necessarily failure, but like leading you towards burnout because that's a huge, having your boundaries crossed is a huge way that we can get into burnout because it's not something that we do intentionally. It's just something that, you know, you keep getting beat down again and again. And like we said, it's, you crossing your own boundaries. It's your allowing your clients to do that. It's not their fault, but it's still putting you in that position to be burnt out and to not have the energy and the space to give your
1: clients the client experience they deserve. Right. Yep. And it just comes back to a circle of like, if you are burnt out and you aren't in the right place to be giving your client this experience, Mm -hmm. they don't get it. And then they're upset with you. And then you're right back in the having to over-promise and over-deliver. Well, and maybe not even upset with you, but... In my brain, they're always upset with you. I, I, I agree. <laughs> I feel that. But maybe
0: they don't respond to your request for a testimonial, which then means that you have one less person vouching for you and one less person talking about you, right? So that leads into you wanting to hire, or you wanting to book more clients, right? So that's one less stream of voices talking about you. Because I think, especially from a small business standpoint, we don't like to talk about bad experiences because we know everybody is trying their best. And I think a lot of people do give us the benefit of the doubt. They're like, oh, I didn't have the client experience that I really wanted maybe, but I'm not going to bash this business owner because maybe she was going through something, you know? And so It's not necessarily that they are going to go talk bad about you. They might. Some people might. It's that one But it's you're not going to have that person as somebody referring other people to you. You know, you're not having that person as someone raving about your client experience that says, oh, my gosh, Christy was the best. I loved working with her and says, all of my friends, you should
1: work with her, too. Right. Yeah, that definitely is really helpful to have people really vouching for you because I think a lot of times, especially when we invest in a pretty key person in our business, mm-hmm. like either you or I would be, people are like, well, I've, I've seen their posts and I've seen, but like, how do I know that actually is what it is? Because like you said previously, there are people who give maybe an inconsistent client experience and mm-hmm. sometimes our clients can be burned from that and they come to you oh, yeah burned and scared. So totally. how do we, you know, make sure that they, that they know they are getting that experience that we promised them is through referrals and word of mouth and actual humans who have been through it oh, yeah. saying like, I've been through it. And yeah, it was, it was exactly what she said it was. So... Given, you know, we talked about so much about planning for the new year, about client experience. Is there anything that as we close out, you just kind of want to leave our audience with to really be thinking about in the new year? Any trends you're seeing, any planning thoughts? What do you want them to know? I think it's really important for you to spend, I mean, holidays. Well,
0: no, holidays aren't coming up because this will happen. (laughs) (laughs) Take some time to actually reflect on how you're feeling. In your business and in your personal life, because it is connected. Um, Are you feeling happy or are you stressed out more of the time? You know, reflecting on what is and isn't going well, because we only find those answers. or We only find those solutions when we dig into the problems, right? Um, I, oh, what book was I listening to the other day? I think it was Dare to Lead. And she was talking about how Albert Einstein was one of the greatest thinkers in our world in our world generation, I don't know, he was great, he was great, he's a really good thinker, and he, at one point, there's a quote that he said of, if you're given an hour to find a solution, I would spend 55 minutes thinking about the problem, and the last five minutes finding the solution, because it's not the solutions that get, that get us there, it's really digging into what is the problem, right, Um, and understanding that problem and the intricacies of that problem. And so really taking that time to reflect and think about the problem. If there's something that's not going well in your life or something that's not going, maybe it's not even not going well. It's just not going as well as you hoped. Um, digging into where there might be gaps that you're missing. And that's something huge in hiring on somebody else to like me or like another OBM or, um, even just having a business bestie, you know, where you get that second perspective because there's always things that we miss, right? We can't see everything all at once. And so um, looking for those gaps, not just kind of glazing over them as those are my weaknesses, we're not gonna think about it. No, like we're a whole human being. We gotta work on everything.
1: We can still like pinpoint where we need work, right? Yeah, I think that's so insightful. And I love that thought heading into the new year, not just saying, hey, what, a, what am I going to start on right now? Because, you know, for someone like me, I'm like, January 1st, let's go, let's do this. <laughs> like, how do we get to our goals by the first, first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, but it's like, reflecting on like, oh, yeah. okay, take, take five seconds, which I'm often capable of to be like, hey, you know, why is this? What are we doing? What do we need to change? Well, that was so great to talk about and I've really appreciated our conversation Thank today. You so much. Yes. So, to our CEO listeners, don't forget to check the show notes for links to connect with Shane and make sure that you hear all about her offers and find her on social media. Also, don't forget to join our free CEO Wingwoman community to find your own biz bestie or to find people to really help you get through this time of your business, whether it's goal setting, whether it's, you know, figuring out what you want to do the next year. I am so excited to really build this community for a network of people who are all supporting each other. So thanks so much for listening, and I'll see you next week.